BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome into the Cubs Talk podcast presented by Trust. Joined by Tony Andraghi from Miami, Kelly Crawl, David Kaplan in the studio. Guys, congratulations. Baseball season is finally upon us. Who's excited? I'm jacked. I mean... Love I it. am, I am, I am. <laughs> Kel and I get to be out at the ballpark a lot, and it's kind of, you know, all of us on the Cubs team, it takes over our life. But, you know, we're out at the ballpark all the time, and it's just really, really cool to know that you're going into a season with a team that has realistic expectations. Like, you grew up in this town. How many years did you go, God, I hope we're good. Man, I hope we could be a surprise. Like, now you better win. You know, Tony, before we get into that, Make us jealous right now. What are you wearing? Shorts and a T-shirt in sunny Miami. You know, that's beautiful. And let's get started exactly what Cap was talking about right here. Let's talk about expectations for the season. And I'm going to go first just because I'm really excited about the season. We've been waiting all season, I feel, for them to start playing. But I feel anything but a trip to the World Series would be a disappointment for the roster and the health and everything constituted right now with the Cubs. I'm completely on board with that. Uh, ditto everything you say, only because that's what I was hearing from the guys at spring training, and I think they feel the exact same way. Anything short of not just getting to the World Series, but getting it done again would be falling short of what they expect out of themselves. Uh, I'm with Kel and with you. If you. For me, when you spend $186 million, you lift a little wiggle room for – an injury or something you got to add on luxury tax 197 you give you Darvish the money you gave him you pushed all your chips in the middle you either win the World Series or at the end of the day you go it was a fun run but we failed we didn't get it done this is a team built to win and Tony how crazy is this we're saying the expectation is to at least get to the World Series some people are saying win it so that means the Cubs would make it to four straight NLCSs that's unprecedented could you ever have imagined as a Cubs fan that would ever be happening in your lifetime no if you were telling like 10 year old Tony that there's no way you would have ever believed it but yeah it is crazy I mean and maybe they'll play the the Dodgers in the NLCS for a third straight year too or you know, it's, it is nuts, but this is 2016 all over again. It's not like last year where, you know, just getting to the NLCS was kind of a nice consolation prize for, you know, a team with a World Series hangover that went into the All-Star break under 500. This is World Series or bust. So, you know, I agree with Kelly and what all you guys said. If they don't come back after winning it, hoisting the trophy again, you know, with Rizzo walking out from underneath the bleachers, blessing it's a long way to the top, then I think this, this whole year was a disappointment. I feel like, uh, I keep saying I feel, but I feel great about everything going on with the Cubs right now. And from the moment that they arrived in spring training, you know, even at Cubs convention, it's just been energy, all energy. And it was so different from after winning the World Series, the way we've seen them act, the way they've talked, the way they played. It's just energy is overflowing and everybody's ready to go and everybody's healthy. But everybody also better be really locked in that something will happen. Mm -hmm. You know, God forbid you lose one of your aces. God forbid you lose one of your star position players. But that's reality, man. 
Guys go down. You better be able to adjust. And I feel like this is a team that has seen that in a capacity. I mean, they watched it happen with Schwarber. Last year, they really got to see guys battle through things, whether it was Addison Russell or the pitching staff that didn't stay healthy. They had John Lester barely back in time for that rotation. Bryant you know, with his thumb. Absolutely. There Bryant with his something. ankle. I mean, there was always something. Mm-hmm. Contreras so hamstring. That. I don't think this is a group, in other words, as young as they are still, that will take health for granted. Agreed. We, they are completely healthy, right, Tony? So they have all the guys in place. They have too many position players. Not everyone's going to get to play every day. Do you think when they went into spring training, Tony, that the Cubs brass would have imagined that everybody would have come out of camp completely unscathed and they would have these decisions for Joe right out of the gate? No, I mean, even Joe was saying uh, the other day that he was talking about how it's been a perfect spring training and you know, everything has gone right because you have. That's all they really care about is the, is the health aspect. You know, the five, six weeks uh, or even seven weeks some of them have spent in Arizona, all they care about is coming out of that feeling pretty good about their game and feeling really good about their health. And that's where they all are right now. You know, unless somebody, like, wakes up with a stiff neck tomorrow morning or, you know, accidentally, like, slips down a stair or something like that, everybody should be good to go for game one. Or the Sammy Sosa sneeze injuring your back. Uh, Let's move into the storylines, guys. Tony, what's the number one storyline? We've talked about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. But what's the number one storyline that you're going to be most interested in this first week, this first month of the season? Uh, You know what? Everybody has been talking about the leadoff spot. And to me, I think that's going to be the most important aspect. Uh, Not necessarily just in the first week, but, you know, how much that position will evolve. We saw that last year. Kyle Schwarber was the leadoff guy, you know, almost every game that first week. And then by the end of the year, he wasn't hitting higher than fifth in the lineup. So, you know, will the same thing happen to Ian Happ? Will he be able to avoid the same, you know, issues that plagued Schwarber in the spot last year? Or is it going to have to be somebody else? And, you know, if it is somebody else, then who is it on this roster? So I think that'll be the most interesting um, storyline that I'll be watching at least the first, you know, few weeks, months of the season. Yeah, I'm I'm with Tony. I mean, that's a storyline that's been so prevalent all the way through the spring. I I think taking away, and this I almost feel like this is a cop-out, but just through what the players have said, getting off to a quick start. I mean, that's what they did so well in 2016. It's what they want to do again this year. It's what was so challenging a year ago coming off the World Series run. They just didn't have that energy. So kind of watching how they come out of the gates, and then there's sort of spokes that come off of that. I mean, the starting rotation, the bullpen, how does it come together? How often are you seeing Jason Hayward and right field if he's not producing at the plate so those are all kind of secondary storylines underneath their production to begin the year okay see and I'm going completely away from where they're at mm-hmm. like last year you didn't really have a bona fide leadoff guy he scored 822 runs second most in the National League got to the NLCS for the third straight year for me I got to know what that rebuild, rebuild bullpen is like is Steve Ciszek going to be mm-hmm. really good or is he going to struggle last submariner I saw here was Joe Smith and the best part of that is Allie Force, not him. So, you know. We do love Allie. We do I love Allie. I love Joe as well. Um, good dude. So, I got to know. Carl Edwards, I watched on Monday night against Boston. He didn't pitch very well. Mm-mm. They lost the game. He gave up two runs. I was not a big fan of his performance. I like him as a guy, and I like his stuff. Is Brandon Morrow going to be able to close? He's never done it on a full-time basis. For me, there's a lot of questions. 
So, and I've got two, and I want to talk about these a little bit to see what you guys think, obviously, but they're both starting pitching related. And I'm fascinated to see throughout the season, statistically speaking, and just from the eye test, who has the better season, you Darvish or Jake Arrieta? I think a lot of people are going to be watching both guys because I'm still a Jake fan. I love Jake. I can't wait to see him pitch for the Phillies. And if you Darvish throws up a couple of stinkers in that first month of the season, you're going to have a lot of people, Tony, saying, hey, maybe the Cubs made the wrong decision. Yeah, and I think these two guys will be linked for at least the next three years, you know, including this year until Jake's new deal or this current deal is up. Um, but, yeah, it, it'll be a long game, and we know the Cubs fan base enough to where you're absolutely right. If Arietta goes out and throws 95 miles an hour his first start and throws seven shutout innings, and you Darvish you know, gives up even four runs in five innings or something, everybody's going to be thinking they made the wrong deal. But, you know, it's the long game uh, – between these two guys especially and I think when it's all said and done by the when you close the book on the 2018 season I believe Darvish will have the better numbers yeah I'm with Tony that he'll have the better numbers but you can't react after two bad starts in April and go oh god we made the wrong decision oh no you shouldn't but you can and people will yeah see I take it one at a time one batter one pitch one out at a time and let's see where we're at at the end of the season I think it's an upgrade I love Jake he was a great pitcher here I think it's an upgrade to get you, Darvish. And if you're not looking at the name, every single guy on that rotation is going to throw out one or two really bad games this year. It always happens. John Lester's last start before the All-Star break was one of the worst games I've ever seen pitched. I was ever there. You were there. Pitched. And, runs and he in the is top one of, of my favorite first. people and one of the most talented pitchers, I think, that will have played this game. But they're all going to have them. So it's because of the name and the link that you just made that there will be so much made of it. But and every pitcher has those games. And John Lester is the second guy that I'll be watching all season long. Because if John Lester is the guy that came second in the Cy Young voting, that means you basically effectively have three aces in him, Hendricks, and you, Darvish. And who knows, you know, what Chatwood and the rest of the guys will do. But if you have that great John Lester, what the starting rotation would be able to do from there is just scary. Look, if you have these five guys pretty much healthy the whole year, you have the potential to be better than 2016. And that led Major League Baseball by, I think, 0.4 runs. That's an unbelievable runaway. So can they be that good? Time will tell. But I think you have the potential to be. And then you don't have to worry about your bullpen as much. But that's a big if. Before we take our first break, we're going to get into the Cubs team MVP this season. It could be a position player. It could be a pitcher. If you had to pick between Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Wilson Contreras, or other, who do you believe is going to be the Cubs team MVP this year? Kelly. Chris Bryant. Why? Because as much as I love Wilson Contreras, and I think his name is easily going to be in the mix just like it was a year ago, I think he's a little young, and I think there's going to be a few too many games that he puts too much pressure on himself to be the guy, the it guy. I think he's still got a little bit of learning to do. I think Anthony Rizzo is going to always be in that conversation. I just think the biggest year of the ones you mentioned is going to come out of Chris Bryant because I know how ticked off he was after his postseason a year ago. But that's just – those are my – This is going to shock you. <laughs> I'm with her. Okay. Chris Bryant, I think, is going to have a monster year. I expect Anthony Rizzo to be Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, he'll have the same. 33 home runs, 106 knocked in, hit 275 to 290, play solid to gold glove caliber defense. I think Chris Bryant is setting himself up to hit 42 bombs, drive in 120, hit 285, play really good defense, and be one of the best players in the game.
Looks, Tony, like we're going to have a split panel because you disagree with these two, don't you? I do, yes. I've been all aboard the Wilson Contreras train leading up to the season, and I don't see any reason in uh, in deboarding now. So I think he's the most important player on the Cubs this year, in my opinion. And that's not a knock on Brian. It's not a knock on Rizzo or Darvish or anybody else. But it's the drop-off afterwards. If Rizzo had to go on the DL for a bit, you have Brian slide over to first, you could have – you know, Javi play third or Stella or whatever. And, yeah, you lose a bit. But if Wilson has to go in the DL again like he did last year, you have a, a raw guy in Caratini or, you know, Jimenez if he comes back up or whoever else they have down the catching pipeline. It's a huge drop-off. Not to mention, if you lose Wilson's bat in the lineup behind Brizzo, protecting those guys, driving them in when they get on base with all their walks. So I think it's Wilson all the way. But I do believe that Chris Bryant will have a, a huge almost kind of resurgent year, which is weird to say, but only because of the fact that he drove in, what, 72 runs last year. I mean, he should be back in that 100 uh, runs, 100 RBI threshold. Yeah, Tony, I completely agree with you. I mean, until he hurt his hamstring last year, he was Wilson Contreras that we're talking about. He was the team MVP and maybe making a run at a top 10 MVP in the league consideration until he got hurt. Now, do I think he could redo those numbers again this year and be the same guy? And then some, I absolutely do. But on a team full of MVPs, it's kind of hard to imagine how a Wilson Contreras playing gold glove defense and also being the anchor in that lineup. It looks like he's going to hit four every game. I just, I just see him having a great year. He's got protection all around him in the lineup and the defense and the controlling the running game and all the things he does. I just see him as the guy who's the, the guy that stirs the drink for the Cubs, I guess you could the say. The straw. The straw that stirs the as drink. As Madden would say. But I'm with Tony in that he is the most important player on that roster this year. I don't doubt that. He's got to control the entire starting rotation, and he's also got to produce at the plate, and that's another reason why I think it makes it sometimes easier for the guy that's not the quarterback to have the year that, you know, that's why my argument. Get C.J. Edwards but, to throw strikes. Yeah, but that's not to say. I, I certainly would love to see another stretch from Wilson Contreras like what we got to see last year because that was awesome. Yeah, I'm with Cal. Awesome but- to watch. Chris Bryant is, for me, one of the five best players in the game. I think he, Contreras is one of the three or four best catchers. You know, Yadi Molina is still elite. Posey. Buster Posey is still great. There's guys out there. But I think if you took the five best players in baseball today, Manny Machado's in that discussion. Carlos Correa's in that discussion. Um, I think Chris Bryant's in that list. Bryce Harper's on that list probably. Maybe, maybe Aaron Judge. I got to see more than one year, but you know, the, for me, it's Chris Bryant. Guys, we spent 15 minutes having fun here, getting you ready for the season on the Cubs Talk podcast presented by Wintrust, and we didn't say one time Rocky Balboa, Kyle Schwarber. That will change in the next segment because it's game time. You're listening to the Cubs Talk podcast presented by Wintrust. We'll be right back. Keep your money local. Bring it home to a Wintrust Community Bank, home of Cubs checking with free ATMs nationwide. Find out more at Wintrust.com slash Cubs. Member FDIC. Welcome back to the Cubs Talk podcast presented by Wintrust. Game time, guys. We're going to play some over-unders. And, Tony, we're going to start with you out in Miami. you got to give your reason why. Over-under Kyle Schwarber, 30 home runs this season. He had 30 last year. Over. I mean, if he stays healthy – that is a big if for him or for anybody, but if he does, he should well surpass 30 homers. 
he hit 30 last year in a year that he struggled to even hit 200 for most of the season and went down to the minors for two and a half weeks. I think he can definitely approach 40 homers this year. I'm over uh, for every reason that Tony just listed, and I just think that uh, he is on such a mission this year to to re- if the word redeem or redemption is okay to use in this sense. He is going to be, I think, m- from a mental standpoint as well as the obvious physical standpoint, just bound and determined to be better than last year. I'm over. I got him penciled in somewhere like 36 home runs. Mm-hmm. I think he has a really solid year. It's 265 to 280 range, drives in 80 to 100. I think this team's going to score a lot of runs. I think we all agree here. I'm over, but not by much. I think it's going to be right in that 31, 32, 33 range. I think he's going to hit a lot of doubles, a lot of rockets off the wall. Uh, He's not going to have that launch angle like he's had in the past. He's going to be a better hitter this year. Everything's going to be up. Um, Let's go Chris Bryant. 409 OBP last year, 537 slugging for an OPS of 946. Over under 946 OPS cap. Yeah, I'm going over because I have him as the league MVP. So he's got to stay healthy, but if he does, I think he was really hampered by that thumb last year, more than anybody realizes. Uh, the ankle was you know, bothering him, is what he told me. I think the thumb was more of a factor. I think he's healthy. I think he's on a mission. I think he refined his swing under the tutelage of Mike Bryant and Chili Davis, and I got him over that. I'm over. I'm over with him just in the early springs watching him um, and how disciplined he's been with his strike zone. And I mean, there's been a couple really good articles out. I'm sure Tony's seen them as well about taking his walks. And I think that that in turn, if he is doing that and he has said if that is the way he is approaching, you know, he is that much better in every aspect of the game. So from a production offensive production standpoint. Tony, are you bullish on Chris Bryant? Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. We're all in agreement here in this game so far. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's weird. When power was up more than we've ever seen it in baseball last year, Chris Bryant, who has some of the biggest power in the game, you know, failed to hit 30 homers. That just seems really weird to me. So I think that, you know, maybe the thumb was hurting him or whatever it was. So I think he gets back to that point. Uh, And considering he took walks at like a 15% clip last year, which was among the tops in the league, if he improves on that again, I mean, yeah, you're looking at a guy that should have, you know, 410, 420 on base, plus a decent slugging. So, yeah, he should approach the one in OPS. Yeah, I'm over two for all the reasons you just said. This is some fun competitive agreement. Let's go to John Lester real quick. He uh, had 32 starts last year, 180 and two-thirds innings pitch. Remember, he didn't get out of the first inning a couple of times last year. So over or under 180 innings pitched this season, Tony? Under. I think Lester, I mean, he's 34, turned 34 just in January. We saw last year he had the, the shoulder muscle pull and like the back of the shoulder. Um, but, yeah, I just think in general with that 10-day DL, if he ever has any aches or pains and the fact that the Cubs have Montgomery and, you know, as of right now, Butler and some of these other guys they could go to, I think they'll probably just either skip Lester's start, throw him on the 10-day DL or something like that. So, yeah, I'd be surprised if he – if he does make 32 starts again or gets that 180 threshold. I'm under as well for everything that Tony just said, just because it, not that he can't do it. I think he could go out and throw 180 innings again this year, I think, but there's no reason to if you've got a healthy pitching staff that Madden's already come out and said we would implement a six-man rotation maybe even earlier this year. There's no reason to have John pitch that many innings, and uh, as long as he's staying healthy, and like Tony said, they can use that 10-day DL as much as they want. I think they want him ready for October, and they'll make sure that he is. And as he tips the 34-35 mark, which is just so old these days, uh, 
they'll keep an eye on his innings. I think it'll be close. I think he's on a mission to get to 200 innings. Exactly. I think he's going to push them sure. to yep. let him pitch. I think they are going to try and back him off and yep. skip starts at times where I think he will not get to 200. It's going to be 175 to 190 right in there if he stays mm -hmm. healthy, God willing. But you got to bet on one side or the other. I'm going to say he goes slightly over that. And I'm going to agree with you. I think he cares about that number. He doesn't want that number on the baseball card under 180. Like, he used to want to get to 200 no matter what. Now that 180 number is the number he's going to want to surpass, even if it's just by an inning or two. So I think he's going to go over, but just by barely. I think he cares, and I think managers are going to come in and say, you got to care about a championship. He'll fight. He'll fight them. Sure he will. But yeah. I, th I know who wins that battle, and yeah. we all do. It's not John. Yeah. It's not John. We could have a discussion later about who's going to be the game one start in the postseason. That's a different story because <laughs> we know that this is just an honorary position for him for the start of the season. All right, let's move on to Kyle Hendricks. He is a career 294 ERA. Let's set the number at 275 for the season. Kyle Hendricks over or under a 275 ERA. He's going under. I think he's a dark horse candidate at 55 to 1. Here's Uncle Cappy's betting tip for you 55 to 1 in Vegas to win the Cy Young. I would throw a couple hundred bucks on that. Wow, that's awesome. I go under, but just a bit. I'm not going, I don't know if, uh, if I'd go <laughs> to Cap's extreme, but I think he's going to have another tremendous year because Kyle puts the work in and he's so, in, uh, he's so intelligent, so fun to watch, and it's just one more year of figuring out this league and the players, and, and yeah, I think he's going to be even better. Before you go, Tony, I'm going to say over, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm worried about the umpires and the low strike this year. How are they going to umpire the game? If they're not going to give the low strike to Kyle Hendricks and he has to come up just a bit, that coming up in the zone just a bit could affect how players hit them. And that ball that they're just missing at the knees, coming up a little bit, they could drive that ball out of the yard or to right field. So I'm nervous about the strike zone and how uh, the umpires deal with Hendricks this season. So I'm going over. Yeah, I'm going to go over too just because, you know, that mark is really hard to get to for a, for a starting pitcher. I, I mean, Lester will tell you that. He's been under it in his career, and then the next year, you know, he'll be a run and a half above it. So I believe in Hendricks this year, but that, that's a really tough mark to, to attain, you know, in two out of three years going back to his ERA leading uh, 2016 season as well. Over under is done. Thank you, Uncle Cappy. Let's move on to more or less. Chris Bryant, 73 RBIs last year. Wilson Contreras, 74. Who has more RBIs, Tony, for the Cubs this season, Wilson Contreras or Chris Bryant? Uh, I'm going to go with Bryant because as much as I think Wilson is the, team, the Cubs team MVP and most important player, he's still a catcher, and they're going to you know, play him maybe only five days a week or six days a week, or if they get a big lead somehow, then maybe even back off even more. So I think Chris Bryant, on the other hand, will be out there for 160, 162 games if he's fully healthy, which he wasn't last year. But because of that alone, I think it'll be Bryant. I thought for sure Tony would go with Wilson Contreras. Yeah, I believe After you. your MVP-like <laughs> conversation, I'm going Chris Bryant um, just because I know the guys that will be right in front of him that are going to be on base, and, and I think he's going to drive a few in. And for the reasons that Tony gave, I think it's hard to do it when you're not playing as many games, and Wilson likely won't be, I mean, given health. So. Yeah, I'm with Kelly. I think Chris Bryant's going to surpass 100 RBIs comfortably. I think he will definitely, with Wilson catching probably 125 games, he'll get a little time as a DH or a backup at first or something or in left. But I'm going to go Chris Bryant. I think it won't be close. 
Wilson is going to hit less home runs, but he's going to have more opportunities with runners on base. So for that reason alone, I'm going with Wilson Contreras and because I think he's going to be the team MVP. So obviously those go hand in hand, Tony. I don't know how you see that. You missed it. Hey, RBIs is not the only way that a guy can get an MVP vote. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to the greatest rain delay speech giver of all time. Jason Hayward played in 126 games last season. He talked about just being out there as one of his main goals for this season. Jason Hayward, does he play in more or less than 126 games this season? Kelly. I think he plays in less. I think he plays in less because of what we're seeing from Ian Happ and the other guys. This is hard. This is hard for me to say. Um, This is not starting. He could be a defensive replacement a lot of these games. Well, then. This is games played, 126. What he played last year. Yeah. Can I go even? I mean, that's pretty hard to hit that number, but you sure can. I I wouldn't make that bet. Uh, For me, he flies by this number. Okay. Not necessarily as a starter. Right. I think at some point. Yeah, I they mean, are going to have a more defined role for him. Yeah, they go, dude. We've got a really good team here. We've got a really good record. We're going to start Ian Happ. We're going to put so and so here. We're going to move guys around. Albert Elmore is going to get time. You'll get your opportunities, but we're looking at you more as a defensive guy. I'm sorry, I misunderstood. I thought you meant starting. Right. So I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. So his 126 games, Tony. I'm going to go under. I'm not going to say way under, but I think he's going to be the guy that gets shelved all season long because I think this team's ready to have a huge season all across the board, and he's the only guy not up to the task. It's that simple. He just can't produce. Yeah, I think they're going to definitely have a, a much shorter leash on him this year in year three of that contract. He can still be the leader in the clubhouse. We saw that from David Ross when he was only playing a couple of days a week. But, yeah, with Elmora, you know, ascending in center, Ian Happ, Kyle Schwarber, and really to – to get to 126, you're talking about just a, a brief stint on the DL, and he wouldn't get down there with all the. You got to consider Zobris is going to play as well, so uh, yeah, I think he's going to be under because every now and then they're just going to sit him against. They'll probably sit him against tough lefties in general, and then they'll just sit him against tough righties or trying to get a different at bat. And then this is to say that he might get hurt too. You know, he running into a wall like mm-hmm. he did in San Francisco a couple years ago, or sliding in foul territory last year. Any, any DL stint, and he's probably going to go under that number. Back to you, Tony, on this one. You, Darvish, he was 10-12 and 12 last season. Jose Quintana, 11-11. 11 11. Who has more wins this season, you, Darvish, or Jose Quintana? Jose Quintana. I think his luck finally catches up to him in the win department, and I think he'll be the Cubs' uh, game one starter of the playoffs this year. You got to wow. be bleeping me. You oh. gotta be bleeping me. What a take, Tony. I'll go you Darvish just to play another flip side of this. I think he's gonna come out and have a really big year. I think he's, I mean, if he's slotted in the, th- the three spot of that rotation right now, I, I think he's comfortable. I, we've read quotes that he's feeling the best he's ever felt coming out of spring. I think this is gonna be a big year for you Darvish. Bingo. <laughs> I think he's a legitimate Cy Young candidate. I do. Like if I get a chance best. to get on a plane tomorrow, just fly to Vegas, make my bets, and come back. I would put 200 on you, Darvish, at like 20-something to one, and 200 on Kyle Hendricks, and those would be my two guys to ride to a Cy Young Award if they can win it. I'll give you some money to do and that. And I feel well. the same way that you guys <laughs> feel about you, Darvish, but about Jose Quintana. I think he's the, the guy that people not forget about of the opponents, but he's a guy that's just going to do his work every single day. Yeah, he'll have a good year. I think he's going to have a great year, and I think he's the type of guy who gives up three to four runs per start, but I think the Cubs are going to average five this year, and when that happens, he's going to be in a, a long line of decisions every single 
single time he goes out there. So we'll see how that plays out. Okay, Ian Happ. In his rookie season, started 41 games in center field for the Cubs. Last year, Albert Elmore started 65 games in center field. Who will start more games in center field this season for the Cubs? Tony. I think Elmore mostly for defense. I think Happ will probably play right and left a lot more when Schwarber and Hayward get the time off. So I'm going to go Elmore. Um, same way. I'm Albert yeah. Elmore. they got to have defense. And he is by far their best defensive outfielder. Yeah, and I think you're going to see other than times Hap may, I mean, play even in the infield here and there to give breathers. I mean, throw Zobrist out in the outfield and whatever. I, I, yeah. The Starting you, in center field, I think Almora. Yeah, we agree. The sooner you forget about spring training, the better off we'll all be. Yeah. This is Albert Almora's job, I feel, and at at some point people will notice that Hap can have as many home runs as he wants in, in spring training, but until you do it in against regular season pitching. You know, it's going to be Elmore out there. All right, so the Cubs won 92 games last season. We all know they're going to go above that number, so let's not even address that. They had six more wins than the Brewers. Will the Cubs win the division by more than six games this season? Cap. Yes. I have them winning it by double digits. Yes. And I actually don't think the Brewers will be their hardest competition. I think the Cardinals will be in second. I do too. Cool. Tony. No, I think the Brewers and Cardinals will be right there towards the end. They both got better, addressed their biggest weaknesses from last year into this year and if the Brewers can pull off some sort of midseason move to acquire another starter they're going to be right there down the end. They get some pitching that I didn't know about? Did the Brewers? Both of these teams are short and starting pitching now again the Cubs could have an injury God forbid but right now those two rotations they didn't replace Jimmy Nelson and the Cardinals Adam Wainwright's 400 years old and is starting the season on the DL. <laughs> I mean no shot dude. Cardinals do have Alex Reyes coming back, even if he's a reliever, but they have seven guys right now with that. Mikolas coming over from Japan, uh, a couple other guys like Luke Weaver and Jack Flaherty coming up. And then the Brewers, they like some of these other guys. If Josh Hader, even if he stays in the bullpen, you know, Jimmy Nelson could be back by May. And then, yeah, they got Zach Davies, who's kind of a uh, Kyle Hendricks light, and Chase Anderson is kind of ascended as well. The, the Brewers are good, and they're – they have they both of these teams, the Cardinals and Brewers, have a really good bullpen, possibly even better than the Cubs. Uh, we'll see, you know, by the time the season comes along. But both of those offenses are really, really good. Not as good as the Cubs, but you know, they'll run into some wins here or there. I think they'll be. This is going to go down to the mid-September or late September, just like last year. I think the Cubs are going to win 101 games this season and win the division by seven games. Should be a fun one to watch, guys. Can't wait to see you guys at the ballpark covering this on TV and on NBCSportsChicago.com. For Tony in Miami, Kelly Crawl, David Kaplan in the studio, I'm John Graff. This has been the final preseason edition of the Cubs Talk podcast presented by Wintrust. Oma Cubs checking. Oma Cubs checking. Baseball begins. We'll see you then.